This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. We're going to talk this week, talk about what makes practical prayer different from other prayers. When we were pre-gaming this a little bit, you were talking about the other names for practical prayer, which are spiritual mind treatment, which you just can't get enough of. (laughs) 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 And, and, And the other one is affirmative prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are different names for this. And the first thing that I, I want to ask you is, because I know what all the problems are with spiritual mind treatment, but what what are yours? The name spiritual mind treatment just really didn't sound right. You know, when I first started reading New Thought and different authors, I kept running into spiritual mind treatment, and it felt like, I want this is a brainwash. I'm going to brainwash you. I'm going to you know, do something with your mind. And it's probably just, you know, something in my belief system that said, no, no, no. (laughs) Spiritual mind treatment, you're going to treat my mind? I don't think so. Spiritually, yeah, and that just makes it woo-woo. On the one hand, I completely understand. And because I know a thing or two about this, I know where the term spiritual mind treatment came from, and I understand uh, why people use it and like it. By the way, I'll spoil a surprise here. A practical prayer is a spiritual mind treatment by a different name. What happened was uh, Ernest Holmes, 100 years ago, he was was our synthesist. Basically, he was the one who went back and looked at all of the religions and the effect of prayers in all of the religions, and he found the pattern. He found out the steps that they all had in common that made them work. And... What he did was he called that, that ancient technique, or that technique based on ancient wisdom, he called it spiritual mind treatment. And you got to remember, this was in the early, this is like in the 1920s, and this was before antibiotics and uh, the huge transformation that that brought about in medicine. Because it used to be, medical science wasn't that advanced, there wasn't that much they could do. You know, before anesthesia and antibiotics... It was the Wild West. And there were all these other healthcare modalities. There were osteopaths, there were chiropractors, there was acupuncture, there was all of the Eastern medicine, there was hypnosis that was possible, and they were all kind of jockeying for position as for what is going to be the healthcare modality. And Ernest Holmes used the term spiritual mind treatment because he wanted to jockey for position with the people who were treating 
illness and disease and condition. So is marketing as much as anything else to try and stake out that territory. And people who have been involved in new thought in general and religious science, uh, which is the, the branch that Ernest Holmes founded in particular, have gotten connected to that language. So it is not uncommon to go to, into a, a center for spiritual living or another church based on religious science or science of mind, which was the textbook that Ernest Holmes wrote, and overhear two people talking, you know, and one of them will say, oh, well, I'm having such an issue, such a problem, so I went to a practitioner for spiritual mind treatment and I manifested a demonstration. And the curious thing is that their friend will say, oh, that's great. And somebody who's overhearing this for the first time will go, what the hell are you talking about? A spiritual mind treatment to manifest a demonstration? And what's a practitioner? What are you... What? 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 <laughs> so, in unpacking that, a practitioner is somebody who is specifically trained to do this prayer technique on behalf of other people. Uh, and it's a two-year course of study, and that's after they already know how to do the basic practice. And the second year of practitioner training is all about active listening and being able to hear what somebody else is saying and helping to divine what their purpose is of the prayer, and perhaps finding the hidden belief that's been causing whatever that circumstance or situation is. And that brings us around to what makes practical prayer practical. And the same is true of an affirmative prayer, although a practical prayer or spiritual mind treatment is a much more specific sequence of steps. And it goes back to our belief system. So our life is basically the result or the outpicturing or the manifestation or the demonstration or the result of our beliefs. It's done unto you as you believe. And every spiritual practice believes that. Your life is the result of your belief system. If you believe that something's always going to happen, then it's always going to happen. Not because it always happens, but because you believe it always happens. And there are some things that we believe is always going to happen. If you drop a fine china plate from 30 feet onto a tile floor, it's going to shatter. And we just believe that that's going to happen. We have enough experiential evidence that it's going to happen, that it just happens. And we don't even question the belief. There are other things that we believe that way. Now, is it possible to drop one of those plates, and if you drop a 100 or a 1,000, that one of them won't break? I don't think so. Possible. Incredibly unlikely. But it's possible. So if that's possible, then that is a change in our belief. And in the same way that we can change our belief and maybe do the experiment with a thousand very expensive dishes, <laughs> we can do the same thing by changing the belief that's in our life. So a practical prayer is all about changing our belief, and it's using those sequence of five or seven or an added number of steps in order to go from the belief system that we started with into a new belief that's going to be inviting a new experience. It made sense to me. I, I understand it. I still don't like the term spiritual mind treatment, but, you know, that's all, that's just me. But it made sense when I read your book. Okay. And my book is Practical Prayer for Real Results. Yes. Which is spiritual mind treatment. Right. But in your book, you made it really clear that it's about changing your beliefs and, you know, to get a different experience. And I thought, okay, so what you're treating is my mind is what I... You're treating the way I think. You're helping me to develop a different way of thinking. That's part of it, but that's not even the big picture. Because when we take it back to the, the big picture is that there's one mind. Mm -hmm. We trace our lineage back to whatever creation is. In the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. And God said, let there be, and there is. 
So that was the one mind. Or the Big Bang. Or, you know, the world is built, is, is on the back of a turtle. You know, what's under the turtle? The turtle's all the way down. Every belief system can trace itself back to this oneness. Uh, even if we all believe in a coincidence that made everything happen, we understand evolution and we understand population growth. And so where did I come from? I came from grandparents. Where did they come from? Great-grandparents and on and on and on and on back. Until at some point, there's a cross-connection between everyone. So in the same way that there is one source of everything that exists, there's one infinitely creative intelligence that knows everything, that thinks everything. The term we use for it is God. Some people who have an allergy to the word God will use the word creator or source or nature or the divine. Spirit. Spirit, yeah. And people who are into physical science can talk about the Big Bang. It's the same thing. It's that oneness from which everything is created. And the reason that's important is because if we can all trace ourselves back to the one, in the beginning there was nothing other than the one. So everything that exists is that one sharing itself as us and and everything. So in a spiritual mind treatment, the mind that we're talking about is the one mind, that one infinite knowing mind that activates the creative process in the universe to create everything. My mind is part of that. Your mind is part of that. Everybody who's listening to this, their mind, each of our mind is part of that one mind. So everything we are is that infinite presence. We are not everything God is, but everything we are is 100% God. That's all we can be. So, and I'm trying to work with this, the term spiritual mind treatment. So the spiritual mind is that one mind. Correct. Okay. So you, you fixed it for me because I was thinking the mind. Okay. Yeah. And what I'm treating is my own understanding and engagement with that mind, my beliefs. So even if I'm doing a prayer on behalf of you, I'm not changing your mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm creating a new belief in my mind about what's possible for you. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're doing the prayer for yourself, it's about understanding that there's this infinite creative power that could create anything and then inviting it to create something new for you. Sometimes it's a little bit beyond our belief system. If somebody has been in an abusive relationship forever, it's hard for them to believe that they can be in a loving relationship. If somebody has been impoverished forever, it's, it's really difficult for them to believe they can li- be living in lavish uh, opulence. I have no problem with that. I have no problem believing that somebody who's sitting down in front of me, who's yearning for that experience of a loving relationship, I, there's no reason in my mind that they can't have it. They're one chance encounter away from having that perfect relationship that lasts the rest of their life. And they might believe it's theoretically possible, but I believe it's possible for them. Because if it's possible anywhere, it's possible everywhere. And... The key about being able to do a prayer for somebody else is that as long as that belief is active, that this perfect, wonderful, loving relationship is available, and the person who's going to be involved in their end of the loving relationship isn't resisting it, saying, no, it couldn't possibly happen for me. I don't, wor- I don't deserve it. I'm not worth it. I'm not the sort of person who could ever have that wonderful relationship. As soon as they're willing to get themselves out of the way, then there is no longer an active belief that they can't have this goodness, and there is that invitation or that push to bring that into being. I see that. But go back a little bit for where you said that um, when you're praying for someone else, you're treating yourself, you're treating your mind. 
or you're right. treating yeah you. Could you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, and that's the part that is probably the most mystical sounding about the whole process. There's one mind, and that's the key to this entire philosophy and practice, is the understanding that there is one infinite intelligence that knows everything and that does everything and that is everything. It's the one that shares itself as everything. And it happens to be sharing itself as me, and it happens to be sharing itself as the client who I'm working with and you and everybody who's listening. And it's like the individual droplets in a rainstorm fall into the ocean. There's still water, but they're not individualized anymore. We are individualized. We are aware of our distinction and our individuality. And in fact, we are all drops in the same ocean. So what happens is there is a belief that's operating, let's say, in your life. And what I'm able to do is by changing my awareness, my belief about what can happen in your life, it's changing that belief that's in the ocean. The belief that you've carried into this. If you're willing to let go of it, then now suddenly there is a new operative thought. There is a new something in the ocean. And that now gets to be active. I like that operative thought. That makes so much sense. So... If I come to you and I ask you to pray for me about something, my my plan to get a Great Dane when I'm 75, you know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's my thing. So I'm asking you to pray about that happening. And so what would you do? What would you say? So the first thing Aside I would... Aside from the fact that I'm crazy to think about that size dog at 75 well you know some of the ancillary thoughts that already came up for me are things about i don't know bone health because <laughs> a great dane and a 75 year old oh by the way if you get it when you're 75 it's going to last till you're 90 so there are some issues that come to mind just on a purely practical level so the first thing i would do is I want to get into understanding what the motivation is there and then understand what might be in your belief system that's blocking it and then be able to do the prayer. Let's take a quick break and come back and talk more about Great Danes and 75-year-olds. <laughs> oh, this one is going to be good. <laughs> learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com.
Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. We're talking about what's the difference in practical prayer? Yeah, what's the difference between a practical prayer and affirmative prayer, spiritual mind treatment, and some other yeah. kind of prayer? This and is we, like and, so fascinating. I don't. We can't do it all in this just one episode. Well, there's just another week happen. coming. Okay. And the specific prayer that you were talking about was your desire at age 75 to have a Great Dane, or to get a Great Dane, not to have one, to get one at age 75. Mm-hmm. And I know you just celebrated a birthday, so you have some runway before you get to 75. Yes. So the first question that I would ask is, what are you waiting for? Great Danes require a lot of really intensely personal attention. And when you go places, there's no babysitter. You know, they you just can't toss them in a kennel. So I think by the time I'm 75, my plan is to be able to have my life structured in such a way that I could give them, give it or them the attention necessary. And I'm not going to be on the road doing stuff, having to worry about a babysitter or a hotel that says you can't bring them. Okay. Okay. And that sounds to me like the prayer is for a lifestyle that supports you having a Great Dane rather than just having a Great Dane. The Great Dane for you is going to be the evidence that you've got the lifestyle, that you don't have to be going anywhere, that you don't have to be running around, that you have the time and the resource and the attention free, that you can give it to a Great Dane without being distracted. Okay. Well, don't just agree with me. Yeah, I agree with you, but I don't want to have, if I have that lifestyle, because I was 68 yesterday. So And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. So I don't want at 68 and a half to have the lifestyle. And the lifestyle would be great, but I, I want to do something else with the time in that lifestyle before I bring that other responsibility in. Gotcha. So I figure by the time I'm 75, I'll be, you know, more than willing to do that. Okay. For myself, I wouldn't do a prayer for you to get a Great Dane when you're 75. And the reason is that is jumping to a whole bunch of conclusions. Because what you really want is to have the flexibility in your lifestyle now so that when you're 75, you are positioned so you are free to choose to get a Great Dane or to live on a cruise ship or to... The friend of mine thought it would be a great idea to buy a tugboat and cruise the Erie Canal. I don't feel like doing that. But if that's the sort of thing that's that's singing to you, then you can do that. I would not do a prayer today for something that you're going to be committed to in seven years. Because you might change your mind. I would be very happy to do the prayer for all of the pieces fitting together so that that choice becomes completely viable and completely reasonable. And it's obvious to you and to everyone involved. I see that. But in the back of your mind, are you going to be thinking about bone health and all of the rest of that? Because I've already determined that bone health will not be an issue. It's going to be just fine. Okay. And I mean, and that's not an issue for me. It's just the sort of thing that, that, that people are going to bring up. You know, I have a friend who's 75 who has a St. Bernard puppy who's currently over 100 pounds. You know, that's okay. 
that's okay. And there are, you know, very specific consequences or bits of accountability that we have for the choices that we make. I, I'm not in judgment about somebody who's, you know, going to get a Great Dane or a St. Bernard when they're 75 years old. There's some considerations in the world, and bone health is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, bone health and physical vitality and stamina and alertness and I'm not going to say patience. I never pray for somebody to have patience, which we get into some other time. But that stamina and willingness to be engaged in that project at that level, that would all be included in the prayer. Okay. So I don't want to, you know, like hog this time up about me, but my <laughs> my mother huh. is 95. You're on the podcast. Yeah, my mother's 95, mm-hmm. and she is 100% capable of having more than one of those if she chose. Okay. Just a hundred percent. Okay. So since I look like her and everything else, I figured that'll be me. And by 75, I'll be cool. And uh, my husband says I'll have two. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So then you will have a babysitter, but not for a while. Uh, And he doesn't do dogs. (laughs) uh, No, I was talking about the other dog. Um, the, <laughs> right, <laughs> and and so your your mother's a wonderful role model and a great example because first of all that's filling your belief system with the fact that you can be healthy and vital and completely with it at you know at ninety five let alone seventy five, mm-hmm. and she's also giving you a very clear example because you said that she could have a great Dane or two, and you implied that she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's free to choose, as will you be at every point along the way. So we're not going to lock you in if you have to do this. You know, I never like to pray for dependencies. You know, I want to have, I want to get this job so that I can move to this town and meet these people and have this income. It's like, which of those do I really want to do? I want to meet wonderful people and have a great job and make a lot of money. Okay, do I want to move? If I'm willing to move, then maybe the job is going to be a different town. But when I say it has to be this, so that this, so that this, so that this, it really constrains the way the universe is able to put my life together. Got you. I see that. So now I'm not going into purpose. I'm not doing that. Okay. But during one broadcast, we talked about intelligent. We use the term intelligent prayer. And I don't know whether you did it or I did it. But that's another, you know, like nickname for spiritual mind treatment or practical prayer. It's got to be intelligent because all of this that you're talking about requires some thought, you know, not just on my part, the person who is asking, but your part as the, the person, the practitioner who would be praying for me. Yes. Yes. And even bigger than that is the one infinite intelligence that's actually creating everything. So an intelligent prayer is one that is activating that infinite intelligence, the one that knows how to create galaxies and the one that knows how to make cell phones happen because there are cell phones. And so the mind that created those is part of the mind of of the infinite. So that intelligence, it's that big I, the capital I intelligence that makes it an intelligent prayer. Jesus mentioned once, I myself do nothing, it's the Father within who doeth the work. When you see me, you see the Father. That's what he's talking about. We are individualizations of that infinite intelligence, that divine presence, that 
and we are channels through which the creative power of the universe is flowing. So when we're doing the prayer, when we are coming up with the idea of what we want to pray for, and then activating that uh, process uh, through the prayer, we're participating with that infinite intelligence. We are its agent. We are its personification, its individualization mm-hmm. in the current space-time that we're living in or that we're experiencing. It's a lot. It's a lot. And you started out by asking the difference between spiritual mind treatment slash affirmative prayer slash practical prayer and other kinds of prayer. And the big difference, which we've been dancing around since we started talking, is who the prayer is to. In a practical prayer or an affirmative or spiritual mind treatment, the prayer is always to that infinite creative power within. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. It's not, it's not a god, a deity out there, up in the clouds, off on some distant planet or Mount Olympus or however you want to describe it, who is maybe listening to our prayer and maybe not, and maybe doing what we ask and maybe not. And it's, it, it's not some judgmental creature that's deciding whether or not we deserve whatever it is that we're asking for. It's the same system, but it is so much more thoroughly, deeply baked in that it doesn't work the way it looks like when you're praying to a god outside. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm asking for, in order to ask for it, I have to believe that I deserve it. I have to believe that I can accept and embody and live that new experience, whatever it happens to be. It's done unto you as you believe. So when I'm doing the prayer, it's not to a God outside of me who could give me a goodie that I don't believe I deserve. I have to do the internal work to believe that, I'm, that I deserve it so that I can accept it. And that opens the channel for that infinite creative power that could create another galaxy if it wanted to, to create whatever this newness is in my life. Yes. So there's a lot of courses out there. Is there one that talks about or helps one adjust their belief system to be able to engage fully and faithfully in uh, practical prayer? Or is that the relation, or does that happen with the relationship with one person and their practitioner? Working with a practitioner is very much uh, an easy, it's, it's a shortcut without having to learn to do all of the detail work ourselves. In the long run, it's much more helpful if somebody learns to do the work themselves, because not because they're going to save money on hiring a practitioner, but mostly because they'll learn how to change their own belief system. Uh, what we generally find is that people who are trying to create a change in their life, the biggest challenge is identifying the belief and then changing it, believing something different. The classes that we teach, so there's a half-day workshop that I teach on practical prayer, and it teaches somebody how to do the steps, and you get to do a practical prayer. Uh, There's an online class for the same thing, and it's five one-hour sessions. So you can learn the steps of practical prayer. And that's a nice start, but because this is a spiritual practice, in order to let go of what we have been believing up until now, we have to dig into what we actually believe. So there's some self-discovery work that we get to do. And when we find that we've been believing something that hasn't been serving us, there's some forgiveness work to do. And we find that there are people in our lives who have caused us to believe things that have not been serving us. There's more forgiveness to work, 
and there's more acceptance to do and there's releasing to be done and it winds up becoming a much broader spiritual practice so that we can understand what we believe and understand that we can change it and at the same time learn the techniques for creating a new belief and activating that through the practical prayer. The introductory class that we teach is called Beyond Limits, which you've taken, and we run it on an ongoing basis. And that's the introductory class. Once somebody's been through Beyond Limits, they know what the techniques are, and they have the ability to change their experience. It's I describe it as going from zero to 60. So when you're in a car and you go from zero to 60, that's a huge change. That's a complete rush, especially if you're in a really fast car. So you're in a Ferrari, you go zero to 60. You're cruising along at 60 miles an hour. The Ferrari is capable of going faster. You can go from 60 to 120, and that's the same speed change, but it's not nearly, it's, it's exhilarating. 120 miles an hour in a Ferrari is something, but it's not nearly the transformation from, as there is from zero to 60. And then it can make it to 180 or 200. That's more exhilarating, but it's still not as big as that first one. So beyond limits, that initial shift of going from what we call victim consciousness, it's done to me, to what we call manifestor consciousness, it's done by me. Mm-hmm. That's the change in the belief system. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And then there are additional classes that we get to do after that. There's a, a spiritual practices and self-mastery classes where we dive into the same topics on a deeper level. And then after a couple of years of those classes, we go into the practitioner training. The first entire year, 30 weeks of practitioner training is about learning what our belief system is and getting so clear on things about finances and sexuality and um, equality and all of the other issues that are, that are baked into our belief system. We get to be clear about who we are and what we believe, which is that next generation. That's the, the you know, 120 to 200 mile an hour part. And again, it's transformative as we learn the detail and the nuance of doing that. And that sets us up for the second year of practitioner training where when somebody comes and sits down in front of a practitioner and says, I'm having this issue, the practitioner can listen to the client's belief system rather than projecting their own belief system onto it. Mm-hmm. And that process continues going and going and going. Once I'm in ministry, I'm able to do spiritual coaching where I can help people dive into what is in their belief system and use some tools to understand, well, what is that? And is it working for me? And do I want to have something else instead? And then the prayer is about inviting that in. And it's taking somebody through that same, I call it a spiritual spiral. It seems like we're going through the same neighborhood over and over again, but we're at a slightly higher altitude every time we do it. Because you know, our issues don't change, but our experience of the issues change. Got it. That was a lot for me. <laughs> that was cool for me because I know where I started, and I experienced so much of what you were speaking about. So um, we need to talk more about those classes. Everybody should be in them. They are posted on the website, newthoughtphilly.org. Uh, usually we teach Beyond Limits twice a year, in the fall and in the spring. There are other folks who teach similar classes that are available other places. But we teach them in person in the Philly area and also uh, online for anybody who wants to do them remotely. Uh, and there are different folks who can, uh, who can teach the same class. The Emerson Theological Institute has a list of people who are offering classes at emersoninstitute.org. Uh, also, the affiliated New Thought Network has a list of centers where you can get to classes and stuff, which is newthought.org. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a huge fan of both of those organizations. You going to pray? Uh, yeah, let's take a break and you can think about what we're going to pray for. Well, we're not going to pray about my great Dane. Okay. You can put practical prayer to work in your life, and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. You'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-v-light.com. That's b-v-light.com. We're back with the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence and Reverend Bill Marcioni. We're going to pray um, about green Volkswagens. Green Volkswagens. We came up with the idea of praying about green Volkswagens. And the reason for that is, you know, we can pray for world peace, but everybody has a belief about world peace. And I'm just using that as an example, including there are a bunch of people who don't want world peace because that would lock everything down with territory boundaries and wealth distribution being what they are now. And there's some people who are not okay with that. So praying for world peace is, in the broad sense, is a little premature. Now we can head in that direction. Um, but it, it'll take a while for people to realize that they're getting a result out of that. Um, hence the green Volkswagens. So I love to pray for something that is completely inconsequential. And it's not even that you have to like buy a green Volkswagen or, be, or win one in you know, some sweepstakes. Uh, the idea of this prayer will be that the people who are hearing this prayer, everyone who is within the sound of my voice as I speak this prayer, will for some reason start seeing more green Volkswagens than they have in the past. Now, this prayer will not manufacture additional green Volkswagens. It will likely not change the sales of green Volkswagens. What is likely to happen, though, is that the people who are within the sound of this prayer will, by whatever coincidence it is, see more green Volkswagens than they've been expecting. And these prayers are amazing. Another inconsequential prayer is for green lights when we're driving. And when I was learning, 17 green lights in a row as we were driving across town in Tampa, and it was, it never happened. And it did, and it was the universe saying, yeah, this stuff works. You know, people live in an area where parking is a challenge. They can pray for perfect parking spaces. Um, you can pray to find money on the ground as long as you're willing to stop and pick up a penny. Because if you say you want to find money on the ground and there's a penny and you see it and you say, I'm not picking up a penny, then the universe will say, then you're really not interested in playing. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll do green Volkswagens and let the universe put us at intersections and on roads where there's a curious number of green Volkswagens. 
Okay. I did this once, and I'm, I'm not sure whether it was green Volkswagens or a different kind of car, but one of the students in the class where we did this uh, was on the highway and drove past one of those car carriers that was completely filled with the car that we had specified. And you can just imagine this infinite creative power going, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I absolutely love about practical prayer, affirmative prayer, whatever name you want to call it, is the act, the actual reality of God, spirit, whatever you choose to call it, re- becomes real, practical, putting it together. You know, yeah. just it's it's just not something, some thing out there, some holy thing out there that may or may not pay attention to you, but it's an actual real presence uh, alive in me. And I could go on forever, so I won't do that. We'll just yeah. go for it. And, and what kind of an inside like job is that? If there's this infinite creative power that indwells us, that is available, that is active everywhere, in everyone, at every moment, and we take that presence and we hide it off in a cloud and wait for it to be judgmental, then it's going to do what we want. It's going to be judgmental. It's going to say no. But not because that's its nature. It's because that's, that's where we put it. That's what we're doing yeah. with it. That's, that's power. We could talk about that, too. You know, that's okay. a lot of power. Well, now you've got, you got our next episode. Let us pray on behalf of the Volkswagen Corporation. No, actually, it's on behalf of everybody who's listening here. The Volkswagen people are going to be completely collateral to this prayer. (laughs) And we'll do that by turning our attention to that infinite creative power that creates everything. We call it God. We call it spirit. We call it nature. We call it the source. We call it the divine. We call it the Big Bang. Whatever it is, it is that from which everything flows. It is that divine presence that began by sharing itself as everything. In the beginning, darkness and void and God. There is, there was nothing but God until God began sharing itself. God said, let there be light and there's light and the light is God appearing as light. And the same thing, it's the Big Bang happening and all those atomic reactions and chemical reactions and physical events happening to expand into the universe and all the galaxies that we know of. Everything comes from that one. All of the intelligence, all of the knowledge, all of the creativity, all of the power, all of the energy, all of the substance comes from that one. That one is sharing itself as every part of its creation. That one is expressing itself right now as me and as Carol and as everybody who is listening to this podcast. It is expressing itself as every green Volkswagen that has ever been created. And so the claim that I make now is knowing that we are involved in this co-creative process. We are able to set a new intention or invitation to that creative law and allow it to bring something new into being, following exactly the same pattern that it has at every moment since the beginning of time. The invitation now is that that infinite creative power bring each one listening to this podcast into the awareness of green Volkswagens. Green Volkswagens showing up in surprising and delightful and harmonious and happy ways that really get our attention so that each one of us is aware of more green Volkswagens than we were previously anticipating or thought would be normal course of events. And those green Volkswagens are showing up in a way that activates our awareness of this infinite creative power. 
The green Volkswagen is a sign that that infinite creative power is operating. It is evidence for us that practical prayer works. And it's working now. And it's bringing goodness and joy and harmony and peace and love and prosperity and green Volkswagens into our lives. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the awareness. I'm grateful for the good. I'm grateful for the increase in awareness. And I'm grateful to be able to speak this word of intention into that creative law that has said yes since the beginning of time. The infinite said, let there be light. And there was light. The answer was yes. The answer is once again, yes. And so it is. So I've got to go out today and I'm going to expect to see a green Volkswagen. Okay. Text me. I will. <laughs> or when there's a You're car not carrier full of this, but <laughs> right. I love the ones that start. You're not gonna believe this, but the Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com B-The-Light.com where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.